Hey, there's no music. What's going on? Disclaimer. <laughs> it is disclaimer time. Today's movie is uh, the spoiler alert, fantastic Space is a Place. But there's a little issue that we recorded this on May 24th. This is a film, a film by a black musician uh, about race. <laughs> and we don't bring up any of what is currently going on because when we recorded this, that wasn't going on. That was 24 hours in the future. Now, I, do, I will say, we don't say any... There's nothing here that we say that we um, regret, but at this point in time, the fact that we don't bring it up may be a bit of a sore thumb. Also, I think at some points, maybe our tone will seem a bit flippant. Um, please take that in the intended tone, which is just that as far as we're concerned, like racial inequality is not like a debate and a political issue. Of course it's bad that there's white supremacy <laughs> and racism, so we're not going to take these people seriously. Um, so yeah, of course, the position of this show is that Black Lives Matter. Please do anything you can to protest, pull down statues, donate. Me and Matt live in rural Japan. There's very little we can do yeah, other so than tell you about hearing, sci-fi films. You're hearing two white dudes talking about Space as a Place on May 24th. Uh, reasonably progressively minded, but uh, missing the cues that you're simply supposed to have now. <laughs> uh, I mean, had we known, I mean, had we been like a week later, we just straight up wouldn't have done this film <laughs> at this point in time, I think. But hey, it is a great film. You should watch it. So cue the music. You say engage. You mean engage. Engage it. Engage I'm the music. Cut down on the engagement. engage. Engage. Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, space is the You're on. Oh. It didn't make the tick, tick, tick. It's going. I know. In the year 1974, racism existed. But it's all gone now, I'm sure. Yeah, the whole world's gone. Sorry, did I just spoil the end of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, it does start with the song, It's After the End of the World. Don't you know that yet? <laughs> what movie is that? It's Space is the Place. Yes, um, and I feel like we have to call it Sunra's Space is the Place. I keep wanting to call the film Sunra. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. You can do that if you want. I'm, I'm fine with that. Who are you? I'm Luke. I'm Matt. And this is our sci-fi... Sanctuary! So we flipped it, that was fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're completely new to this film, I believe. Yeah, I had never heard of this until Matt said we should watch it for the podcast. And kind of missold it to me. Well, how did I sell it to you? You sold it to me as just like a weird, surreal, nonsense trip, right? It has that to it. But, to the point that I wasn't expecting there to really be a film. No, somewhere I was a philosopher, man. Oh, you mean like there's actually a story and there's things like that. There's a story and a plot and it makes sense and it has something to say. 
Yeah. I was just expecting like musical interlude. Oh, basically, I thought it could be the Star Wars holiday special. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> this is uh, this does have some That's actual substance. Legit, yeah. yeah yeah. This is what the uh, what the Star Wars holiday special should have been. This is what it wishes it was. With this music, <laughs> uh, for me. Uh, I got into Sunrise, I guess, in the late 90s. I got into university. I started working at the radio station, and the, the record store just had a big Sunra section, and the covers, like, appealed to me. That's the kind of things that I like to see. I like, and I was getting into jazz. I, I had, like, the standards, you know, Miles Davis's Kind of Blue or Dave Rubeck's time, uh, Take Five. Eh, they're fine. I, I never really listened to them too much, but Sunra actually got me, like, listening to jazz. So um, I have a pretty extensive Sunra collection. Um, he was no, he worked for, uh, for I guess fifty years. He was productive and recorded an album every other day. So, <laughs> if you do want to enter the strange world of Sunra, there's a whole lot to get into. Uh, this movie was one of those weird things you'd really have to dredge up on VHS in the '90s. So you know, people that knew about this sort of thing would be go on the search for it. It was pretty hard to find. Um, and I don't think I saw it till I got a mid 2000s DVD release. So yeah. Um, but you'd, you'd heard of it and wanted to see it and couldn't get hold of it. He was a Sun Ra fan. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, just, you found his albums, but did you know, like, this existed and stuff? Yeah, one of his uh, best-known albums is Space is a Place. Okay. Like, which is not the music from this movie, because oh. right behind that in the record rack was the official soundtrack to Space is a Place. It was completely <laughs> different music. Okay. But then that had artwork that had been drawn for the cover, whereas the Space in the Place album that doesn't have to do with the movie had a shot from the movie. So that, that's what, that's what Sunrise discography and career is like. Like, it yeah. never makes sense at all. This movie doesn't make sense, but it's fascinating to sort of thumb around in. Oh, yeah, so. you hit me up with some of his tracks before we recorded, and you said, like, just... It's like every album is a different artist entirely. So I, like, I listened just to the first album. I was like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Good jazz. Like, no, no, go and click on something else. <laughs> Uh, it's like nuclear war, and I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the music in this film doesn't sound like uh, his 50s jazz. It doesn't sound like nuclear war. It sounds completely different yet again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it's not, this is not just, uh, well, it is a sequence of events, but it's a sequence of events that ties together reasonably well with a few notable um, um, outliers. But well, I actually, I sat down and just wrote my plot from memory, and I checked Wikipedia, and I was like, yeah, I pretty much got it all, so. There we go. Okay. Let's rip on into that, yeah? Yeah. We open on an fuck. We open on a fuck. That's Close the middle it. of the movie, dude. We open on an alien world in space, where Sun Ra speculates that the black race can only be free from oppression by starting again on a new planet, away from white folks and their history. We cut to a girls, girls, girls bar in the 1940s. A black hole opens or something, causing chaos and pulling pasties from movies. The hall empties, leaving only Sun Ra and the Overseer, who sit down to play cards. They play with some kind of, like, tarot cards, I guess. In the 1970s, a crowd gathers to await the return of Sun Ra. His spaceship lands and he emerges. He sets about trying to recruit black people to join him on his quest to a new world. All while the Overseer, who is also maybe a pimp or a gangster or something, tries to undermine him. Sun Ra's plan culminates in a concert to transport minds through music. Before he can perform, 
he is kidnapped by some sleazeballs from NASA who try to press him for details about his space technology. Luckily, some of his followers see the kidnapping and engage in a rescue. Ra plays his concert, defeats the Overseer, and subsequently many people join him aboard his craft and leave the Earth. Earth then explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the record a touch too soon. Always two minutes late at Sunra. Yeah, <laughs> like how it's like a recurring joke. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, so it's we talked. We talked about uh, Sunra the musician in our opening segment. Shall we talk about Sunra the actor for a bit? <laughs> Strong word, actor. <laughs> <laughs> what is so charming about this movie is he doesn't even try to act at all. Nah. Also, I believe he wrote all his lines himself. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, the film is basically just based on, uh, like, I mean, not TED Talks, it predates TED Talks, but, like, some seminars that he'd given prior to this film coming out. Yeah, he wrote books. I mean, he had philosophy, interesting stuff. Um, it's worth, at least the public image that was thrown forward is uh, Sunrod's Orchestra, which is the name of his band. Mm. Um, they, were, they were supposed to not imbibe in any substances while with Sun Ra. Huh. And Sun Ra apparently was... Uh, he was not tripping. Well, I mean, was, but not not from the, the wacky stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was tripping in the center of his mind on other planes of the air. No, no, no. This never comes across as that kind of trip. Right. This is all. Well, the imagery certainly does. The the, the amount, the way this movie's made certainly does. But he's, you know, he's the actor in the movie. So. Right. <laughs> well, no, but I wouldn't. I mean, you've kind got of. more experience than me, but <laughs> like it all felt. Although there was like very surreal and weird imagery, it did actually have something to say. It wasn't just here's some shit for no fucking reason. Yeah. For the most part. If, if we remember, we'll snap a picture, but we are recording this like overlooking what basically looks like the first scene from the movie, <laughs> which is kind of cool, you know. Yeah, like the little babbling brook. Yeah. Oh, I just saw a frog jump in. There we go. So yeah, we're talking, you know, synchronicities there. Sun Ra having his own word with us, I guess, from the beyond or from Saturn. Yeah, that's what he claimed. He claimed uh, the the man himself was uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, but he claimed he was from Saturn. So when he died in 1994, people were like, hey, he just went back to Saturn. Okay. <laughs> also, the name was record label. But um, what did you? Okay, I've been familiar with Sun Ra and his philosophy and stuff for a fair amount of years. Where I, I enough where I probably can't distill it. So from this movie, what what is the philosophy this movie's pushing exactly? Uh, it seems to be that the sort of the racist heart of America will always exist because it is part of their history and that to escape it you can only segregate which is pretty fucking depressing if that's like an accurate reading of the situation <laughs> well this living in urban 70s uh, urban you know like the low income parts of town was probably pretty depressing too so yeah, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah I mean I'm not I don't, that's not necessarily me calling him out okay, <laughs> but that the philosophy does seem to be that like as long as we continue living in this country, which does have, you know, the black population of America were brought over as slaves. Right. And that history is always going to be there and be part of it. And seem to be saying that as long as we stay here, they won't be equals. And um, I guess, yeah, that's like Sun Ra was out to create sort of an identity for black people. That's, mm. I mean, he was doing it very hard, very on the cheap. I mean, that man never had much money. <laughs> but um, he was, you know, to 
like you said, brought over as slaves. So no, after a few generations, no one knows who they are anymore, right? Mm. So yeah, Sun Ra made an attempt to uh, create a new mythology, as he says. Because what, what do you say? Oh, uh, now African-American. Okay, from Africa. Well, Africa is named after the Roman general who conquered, you know, those lands. And, well, yeah, and also Africa is a continent with yeah. a lot of countries full of many cultures. Yeah, exactly, that too. Uh, the general was, uh, was black too, but he was coming in the name of Caesar. So right. um, that has some problems. Well, actually, I think it was Republic time still, so maybe because it it's Carthage, right? Right. So. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, people often forget, like, the Roman Empire was very multiracial. And yeah, they yeah. deliberately kept the um, units mm. mixed up with many races so they wouldn't be fighting for their own homeland, they'd be fighting for the empire. Exactly. At that time, the Republic, but yeah. <laughs> Carthage. But uh, on the plus side, uh, the name does come from a black man, but it's one that conquered it in the name of the Roman Republic. So it's right. a little fishy, I guess. Well, I mean, and Sun Ra is taken from Egypt, right? Exactly. Ra, Egyptian god, so that's back oh, yeah. to Africa. Well, Ra is the sun god, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ra's the sun. I mean, he is distilling, like, that's the thing, like, it, you, it, you could laugh at this movie if you didn't think about this movie. Right. I mean, it has a high cheeseball entertainment factor. But yeah, and you, there are bits where it's trying to make you laugh, right? There's some gags and stuff in there. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's not, like, dead serious. And Ra, does, he, he presents himself deadpan, but in an almost entertaining way. Oh, it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's just, he's just always just constantly spouting his whatever you want to call it, <laughs> his philosophies. And he's yeah. just, he's, no matter what situation he's in, he's the exact same character. <laughs> when he's like tied to a chair being bullied, <laughs> when he's like, when he's playing songs. Oh, oh, they make him listen to Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good gag, by the way. <laughs> and the guys come in and say, what are they making him listen to? <laughs> there are some actual pretty funny jokes in this movie. Well, and both the times that the bad guy, um, Makes his henchman wait outside while he has a threesome. <laughs> oh, um, no, we don't. We don't see the sexy stuff. We just see him outside having a strop about. <laughs> yeah, um, those scenes were added in, and um, some scenes with, I guess, um, maybe one of the gutter scum guys. I think the guy that loses his shoes. Um, that was added in for the uncut version, mostly to to add some boobies so they could play him in like theaters uh, you know the where people would go to see boobies right 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 <laughs> so you know come for the boobies stay for the um afro egyptian um metaphysics oh yeah because you mentioned it you could pretty much cut out all of the pimp stuff very easily yeah that, and which, this would be like a pg movie yeah that was added in later <laughs> just for to actually and show I it to I, the more salacious i mean crowd. I, I haven't checked this but i bet like all the mentions of like n-words and f-words are in those scenes that may be the case. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to go back to check. But. I did love when he goes into the hospital and just revives him by giving him a high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sunrise Band, of course, is his touring band. Mm. Um, and some of those horn players, man, those guys are legends. I mean, so they get a little bit of acting to do. Basically, like, where's Ra? Is Ra here yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they go and rescue him. No, th those, 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 no those, are, those are actors. Those are not members ah, okay. of his band. His band are the dudes, like, decked out. Okay, you know, the, at the concert waiting for him. Yeah, so okay. um, I don't want to get, I guess there's a thin line between design and talking about characters in this movie. So right. I, I still want to get, you know, delve through a little bit of what we're actually seeing on film here. Um, someone else that comes to mind is uh, Gil Scott Heron. 
He didn't make a movie, but do you know Gil Scott Heron? No, I didn't know that. You've heard uh, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Gil Scott Heron. Okay. Uh, that pile of CDs that were in the car that you, I put in your seat as like a prick. Um, <laughs> one of those actually was a Gil Scott Heron collection, so we'll, we'll get, we'll oh, get rocking a bit, a bit uh, yeah. in the car. Because that that is another side of this sort of coin. Now, he was more of the revolutionary, right? He didn't have all the weird metaphysical stuff. Uh, he's hmm. just, you know, doing some beatnik poetry. He's, he's the godfather of rap, basically, because he just... He'd, sometimes he'd sing and sometimes he'd, well, sometimes he'd rap. <laughs> well, that's actually, um, you bring it up because I said earlier that Sun Ra's philosophy was like separating themselves, but it's not because he says that the way he's going to transport them is through music. Mm. So like, he's not actually talking about like, no, we need to just every single black man move out of the US and start our own country. But it, culturally, we need to move out of this Right. Mindset that we're in. Well, that's which why, is why he's creating, like yeah, you said, creating this black Craig culture. Craig is a new black culture. So, you know, and the, putting it in like a fun, low budget sci fi rapping. Yeah, so with, the, the, space, the space stuff is all just this metaphor for creating a new mental planet. Mm. Now, the real character of Sun Ra in this is, of course, never in his deadpan face. It's the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I am very... There's a fair... Like, uh, like we said, it's not just a bunch of musical segments. There are a few notable musical segments. Um, impressions. That they Well, yeah, because they're basically like montages, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like... Well, it's just, they, uh, uh, one of them has legit been stuck in my head since I watched the film. Which one is like, that? Um, Earth is boring, same old, same thing. Yeah, the yeah, outer yeah, space employment agency. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I don't. I think space in the place like isn't even in this. Oh, I have to tell you a story about space in the place. You mentioned in your notes. Huh? I did. I, yeah, I just remembered. So now's the time. Um, about is that a segment break in time. Nah, we're fine. Oh, we're good. Um, about oh, 15 years ago. Wow, how time flies. More than that. I worked at the whale camp in Canada. It's this little island called Gramanan Island. And um, we take kids on boats and look for whales. We teach them on that stuff. But um, the one side of the island is pretty flat, like mm. rocky beaches. I don't think we had so many in the, uh, like real beaches. But the, and then it, the whole one would like move up like a wedge to a cliff. Oh, okay, like a cliff so our main camp, you know, we get the new kids. And um, we'd actually blindfold them and have them sit in the van. Mm-hmm. And then this is what we were told to do, right? We'd go and, okay, be very careful, you know, trust us. We'd sit them on the fucking edge of the ledge and then take the blindfold off. Jesus. Just to, oh my God, look at that vision, right? No one ever got hurt, fortunately. But uh, anyway, the part that they didn't ask me to do is in that van on the way there, about a 20-minute drive, I'd play, like, um, the 20-minute version of Space is a Place at, like, top volume. (laughs) (laughs) Space is the place, yeah, 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 space is the place. (laughs) So this is when you were working for MKUltra. Yeah, well, now that I think about it, I was basically... Porn MK, but you know, excuse me, you know what? I was doing MK Ultra in the name of Sun Ra. Yeah, you're a reverse MK Ultra. In these exactly. Kids. So I've actually, holy crap, I have like pushed this, not the Afrocentric part so much, but the metaphysical side, I, I've probably pushed on quite a few. <laughs> That's the hermetic thing, I guess. Put people in stress, make them think they're dead, and then show them the reality uh, that you, truly you is. You were like, you were like a short ferry ride away from working on Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took them to see whales. <laughs> I told you my whale story, right? Uh, my sh- friend's older sister. Let's do it. She went out on like a little dinghy whale watching, and a whale jumped on her. I don't know. <laughs> you, can, you can find it on YouTube. Like, oh right. Yeah, she was on like the news. Yeah, because the fucking whale just 
on her fucking boat. Okay. And I think she was, I mean, I assume she was hurt a bit, but she was fine. Like, she was yeah, able yeah. to do interviews after and stuff. Yeah, that's. But like, I um, hadn't seen this friend for a little while. He'd gone to uni. I was working at the supermarket. And his mum comes in and says, Oh, hey, look, how you doing? I was like, Yeah, that's good. That's family. She's like, oh, Have you heard about Charlotte? I'm like, No. Oh, a whale jumped on her. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, that, that same summer, um, first dolphins are assholes. We were on like a little schooner, right? Yeah. And the dolphin just jumped in my face and terrified me, right? <laughs> uh, famously assholes, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, not the same, that same trip, a, a whale breached um, by the boat, which is awesome. And then, and then it sneezed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was sick the next day. I think I got, did I get a cold? You transmuted the whale flu to humans. Yeah, did I get the cold for a whale? I don't know, patient zero, the whale flu, man. Imagine we might get into more of the weird. Not, I'm, I don't even say weird philosophy. I want to see awesome philosophy of this movie. It's, it's just intrinsic of the movie. But let us let us speak a little more, more blah, 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 a little bit more about the actual design of the movie. That's a cool spaceship. It is. I, his Moog room. Holy God, I want that. Yeah. I have a Moog. I? Yeah. That thing he's playing. That's yeah. what I got, man. <laughs> he has like five other awesome synths too, and organs and stuff, but. The opening shot of the movie, where it's just the spaceship flying towards Earth, and you can just see it from like this weird angle behind, just like a golden turd. <laughs> it does. When you properly get to see it, it's sick. Like <laughs> eyes on the back of some fangs or something. I guess it's like the TARDIS, it must be bigger on the inside. Oh yeah, if he takes. Because they got room for an entire big band. <laughs> yep. A wild, you know, free jazz big band, by the way. <laughs> Sunrod big band in the 50s, so at this time it's just like... Wild Congos, wailing horns, and uh, let, let's uh, let's call out June um, uh, Taylor, who's the the singer. Right. Yeah. yeah, she's good. Yeah, yeah, she's fun, especially when she's doing the Galaxy Quest thing and just uh, repeating oh, everything. What he says. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It's just during that scene, it just made me think of um, you know some Afrofusion jazz with uh, Sigourney Weaver and Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Uh. I love that he just goes around the whole film in like a little f a pharaoh outfit. Yeah. Big helmet and shit. Yeah, Did he just wear that all the time during his career as Sunra? Pretty much. Nice. <laughs> no, you go back to, in the 50s, you, the first one you played, you're like, eh, it's in, like, just like jazz, right? Right. His, they, they had not quite gotten to the bling level that the 70s allowed, mm. but they were still looking pretty weird. He was still coming out with, you know, sun symbols and strange headdresses well, and stuff. The start of the movie when he's playing the piano in the jazz bar, like he, so Sun Ra was actively making music between like the forties and the seventies. Yeah, he started out. That was his job. Yeah, I think I he mentioned played, on Wikipedia that he did start out playing piano under the name Sunny Ray or something. And right? one of the reasons I love that scene so much is when it starts out, he's just playing boogie woogie jazz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stopped for a second, but he subtly and slowly goes to complete insanity. <laughs> so by the end, it's like, vroom, 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 and just yeah. Oh, I, I enjoyed the. So he's there just as like the piano man. And then the overseer comes in as like the big money player. He's like, ah, oh, what do you think of the piano player? Shit, get him out of here! <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the tarot and the Egyptian stuff, and I kind of, the way I look at this movie is, um, 
When we did the Matrix, we taught the Gnosticism, the Hermetic stuff, Egyptian religion. We can go straight in where um, Set is sort of the force of evil and mm. and Ra is the sun, right? Um, that's where uh, there was one Akhenaten. I might be saying the name wrong. It was it was um, Tutankhamun's father. Right. He completely changed Egyptian religion just while he was the pharaoh. I think it might have stuck around for Tutankhamun, but as we know, Tutankhamun died very young. I think that was the hardcore Ra religion. It's like, okay. the uh, rest of all this Egyptian, let's just focus on this one thing. So, it just, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think Sun Ra himself was probably pretty well versed in this stuff. So I, I, I imagine the overseer in Sun Ra is sort of one of these Egyptian religion or just mythology or yeah, myth takes on such a more powerful word with Sun Ra. Yeah. Like, Sun Ra wants myth to be a real thing. Well, yeah, he is a myth. Yeah, exactly. He is a myth. <laughs> I'm a myth talking to you. Yeah. That's why it's like perfectly fine to be like, yeah, I just went back to Saturn, people. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the end of his story. It's not, you know, Sonny Blount died in um, 1994. It's Sun Ra went back to Saturn. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, the point of his whole philosophy is that it's all in the mind. Yeah. He wanted to change. Uh, yeah, so... Who cares if there is a body there that is this guy? No, like you say, Sun Ra and Saturn. When I was watching a movie that I, that his alien landscape, one, I was like, man, I think I've actually like been there in a dream before. <laughs> that's why, why in a very a very profound dream I had in the past, and that's why looking down I'm like that looks like it too, man. That's just, I mean, I guess it's just nature, but well, yeah, that is like what we're looking at right now. That is just like the image of like you know, the para, paradise little. Utopia, right? Just like a little babbling brook. A little more stream. summer leaves would be nice, but we are almost uh, two kilometers in altitude at the moment. So. Yeah, 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 it's not quite <laughs> as green as you'd like. It will be in two months. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll put a I'll put a yeah, photo out on Facebook right? <laughs> if anyone wants to see that. Um, his, uh, I already, I, I'll keep bringing up his Moog room. I, God, that was so cool. I want to make all my music there. I get to make music in a tatami room, right? Mm. I mean, I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> so um, once I record, I had. A Moog very similar sunrise in front of me, like an 80 synthesizer, and it was in the tatami room. So I, I can't complain. I, I got, I have it almost as good as Sunra got it here. So, <laughs> but it was cool. Um, let's see the band, the horns, all that stuff. Oh, oh, this isn't quite designed, but I gotta bring it up before I forget. Uh, the community center. But they just went to community center and started filming. That's pretty cool then, because. They start to come around to what Sun Ra saying. I mean, there's the two extra actors, I believe, that were kind right. of facilitating. But yeah, Sun Ra just walked into a community center looking like that and saying stuff. Yep. And their reactions are quite authentic. You yeah. Know. They start off like, okay, who are you? What are you talking about? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's making some interesting points. Oh, my brother, the wind's coming through again. My brother, the wind. Sorry, that's a Sun Ra song and album. Okay. There's actually my brother when volumes one and two. <laughs> Oh, you know, there's a lot of wind. Yeah, just so I call in while it was gusting through. So, yeah, that's one of the best scenes in the movie, though, because it's, like, so authentically weird. Yes. Um, the Outer Space Employment Agency is fantastic with that little office he has for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. And there's, like, the, the one, like, ex-NASA guy who comes in. He's like, but, you know, i got a family. I've got seven kids. He's like, oh, we're not going to be paying you. <laughs> <laughs> No, he wouldn't open up his mind, man. It was the, the guy that did nothing that was going to get paid nothing yeah, yeah, for yeah. doing nothing. <laughs> yep. This, the script of this is practically, the more of it, you're like, wow, actually, these are pretty well-written lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like I said, like, I 
you know, sat down and watched this film all in one go and enjoyed the ride. This is actually a good film. It's like it's get, not what I was expecting from the way you sold it to me. It's like getting one of the best rides of your life in a Yugo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's Yugo, you're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they go on stage with that stuff all the time. You know, they go they go tour in Egypt and stuff, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's around. I, I think it's around the time Pink Floyd went to a concert in front of the pyramids. That, that that's him. Nice. Oh, and they did the uh, the ultimate social distancing concert. This was one I I I, I can yeah. If, if we do want just the weird thing that you are going to be like, this is just music. Uh, Flink Flink Floyd's. <laughs> <laughs> Pink Floyd's concert at Pompeii. <laughs> I like somehow you added an L to both words. Flink <laughs> Floyd. Uh, anyway, yeah, they're, they're live in uh, Pompeii, which of course is a dead city, right? Mm. Uh, so they're playing in the Colosseum, just like standing like probably five meters from each other, just in, with no audience, just the sound crew. It's a pretty, and they they put in like kind of surrealist clips, and we, we got to do that sometime. Uh, that that one does not have a plot at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm uh, Flink Ploid. I'm here to uh, just to check your health and Flink your Ploid. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, the world explodes at the end. Did, did they just smash an apple? It, it yeah, it had like, looked kind of like the Earth, and it had like a red core and stuff. It's actually a pretty decent. No, I love the shy. <laughs> that it looks. I, like... My thought was water. Now. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> you got like the crust and then like the red in it. Yeah, no. Um, and you just know... got that one chunk of it just spinning at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> brutal. <laughs> well, that's just my case for. I. So I, I might, I rag on dodgy CGI a lot. And people are like, well, are they, you know, what do you want? Real crap effects? Yes, I want these <laughs> effects. I love these effects. Yep. <laughs> you know, this is just, this is imagination, right? Mm-hmm. Well, imagination. Well, the one thing I really miss with modern effect is you never have that, how did they do that <laughs> thought anymore? You know how they did it. Yeah. They sat in an empty green room and then someone drew it on a computer. But, <laughs> you know, it was like, we don't know what that was. Was that a watermelon? Was it paper mache? What the fuck was it? <laughs> and it's just, uh, you know, the, we meet the ultimate villain, the ultimate evil. He's a pile of pulsing brown goo. <laughs> That's most movies now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm, here's a hardcore tangent. So, okay. And, and honestly, I need you to confirm this for me. The Schneider cut of Justice League is a real thing. Yeah, it's coming to HBO Max next year. Okay, I actually had to ask someone to, because um, there was an honest trailer for it a month ago, and I thought, oh, that's a good April Fool's, that's funny, right? They yeah. did, and then and then today someone posted like HBO Max thing, and uh, oh, you know, this this is just gonna be more disappointing, whatever, I don't, what they said, but I'm like, wait a minute, does this mean this wasn't actually a joke? It, right, so, because <laughs> obviously Snyder left pretty late in development and Joss Whedon finished the film. And then all the DC nerds are like, give us the Snyder Cut, give us the Snyder Cut. Then it became a joke to say that, right? It's like yeah. saying Bush did 9-11 or something. Yeah. Except we did accept at this case, we didn't think it was true. Bush wasn't smart <laughs> enough for that. No. <laughs> Cheney, I don't know, but Bush wasn't smart enough for that. <laughs> Sorry, go he ahead. He wants you to think. But then, yeah, like, some reason HBO were willing to put up the money and actually get Snyder to come back and, like, fit, I guess... I don't know if he's shooting anything extra or just editing it how he'd imagine. Maybe it, that, because he didn't, I mean, he didn't finish shooting, right? I don't think so, right. Not by any means, but uh, I think. Maybe he'd finished, like, principal, but all of the reshoots, I think, were. And then they reshot some of the yeah. stuff he shot, too. Anyway, of Hopefully, course. If, if all it does is cut out Henry Cavill's weird CG mouth, I'll be happy. 
Yeah, it'll probably Does make, Last Superman have a tash? It'll, pro <laughs> it'll probably make Batman more killy. Yeah. No, you don't understand. He just he does these things which happen to result in the bad guys dying, but he didn't kill them directly. Because so the fine. bullet killed him. It's not the guns that Batman doesn't use, but except he does here. Sorry, that's we're talking about Sunra, are we? Yeah. Well, that this movie's more real than the DCU or the MCU because it actually has real thoughts to ponder. <laughs> This film better than Black Panther. For the for starting a conversation about identity, probably. Yeah. <laughs> for starting a conversation about if you do feel that, you know, your lot in life's not the best place, this is going to actually give you better thoughts to thunk than Black Panther probably will. Maybe. Black Panther's fine, but I'm just you know that's that's popcorn philosophy. This is like actual like. I mean, totally off-the-wall thinking, but off-the-wall thinking that sticks to its own weird logic and uh, does lead to some interesting insights that uh, Black Panther's not going to give you. Nope. You know, live the Black Panther will never take you to the alter destiny, man. It is probably worth, like, on High Life bringing up at this point, me and Matt are not necessarily the people best equipped to actually extrapolate this film or give you the best takes on it. But, you know, we... I think we're both pretty progressive and have a lot of thoughts about it. But I, yeah, it is worth pointing out that we're like a 40-year-old and 30-year-old white guy sat in Japan recording this podcast. And I, 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 okay, I, I, I'm, I'm a white dude, right? I, can I claim a few? Like, I mean, I've been listening. I've been familiar with Sun Ra's philosophy for 20 years. My band in university was named Rocket Number no. 9 after a Sun Ra song. <laughs> so I, play, I had a band for five oh, years yeah. named I'm after a Sun I'm not saying you're not allowed oh, no, to no, talk no, no. about Sun No, no, right? I know. There are people that would. I, I actually did uh, throw out a few, way too late, but I actually did throw out an invite or two for guests on this one. But um, where that would have added well, some... If I'd known in advance that it was like a film worth taking seriously... <laughs> I probably would have pushed harder, like, let's try and get a person of color on this podcast. But. Okay, I did, I did make an attempt, but um, we had already kind of decided to do it today, and uh, yeah, I didn't give enough time, I guess so. Oops. Um, please do comment in, though, if you'd like to share your two cents, um, whoever you are. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you want to say. <laughs> but, um, no. Tell us we're wrong, tell us we're right. Just let us know someone out there well, listens to this. We're treading on, you know, um, I, don't, I guess I'm middle... Lower middle class, that's what I am, but I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not lower class, I'm, you know, I can, I'm, I get the white privilege thing because I'm white, right? So, I'd certainly, I can't talk about the socioeconomic things here so much, which is why I kind of keep plugging on into his actual philosophy, because, yeah, right. I mean, there's, there's obviously the, um, you know, black um, identity aspect to it, which is not necessarily speaking to me, but, you know, just the ways of thinking in different ways, making your own culture. I mean, that's the way I live, and that's the way he lived. You make your own culture. That's part of what we're doing here, you know? We're making our own culture with our weird little sci-fi sanctuary. <laughs> you know, if me and Matt were real douchebags, we'd have started this by giving you the speech of, like, so, you know, because we're white guys who live in Japan, actually, we understand racism now. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> that never even crossed my mind. Good for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, me too, but I have heard people try and bring that up. It's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Well, on the walk here, I did bring up the point that we're getting slightly stranger stares because foreigners currently cannot enter Japan. So when people see foreigners at the moment, they're like, well, you're here? <laughs> yeah, I've been here for three years, buddy. I never left. <laughs> You've been here for like 13, right? And we, I mentioned we're in a weird situation now where if we leave, we cannot come back for the time being, mm. even if you get a wife and child like I do in my case. <laughs> so um, not that I have any interest in leaving anyway, but... <laughs> no, well, I did actually have plans to visit the UK this year, but... 
it is not happening. No, no, they got, I think they're still going to be going like two week quarantine for any direction at that point. So, on the plus side, you will not be missing any weeks of Luke and Matt's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. See, it did work better saying it with your name first. We I never, I mean, that's an ongoing I, I, debate. I think, I think the main reason I wanted to call it Matt and Luke's is because my other one is called Luke Loves Pokemon. Oh, that makes sense. And if I just had two podcasts which names start with Luke, it would look really obnoxious. There, now you know the behind the scenes. I think that was subconscious. Yeah. But just in my head, just Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary rolls off the tongue. Well, the, again, this movie, is, this movie speaks to a subconscious and Black Panther does not. Right. How's that? I think that's true. I mean, I do like Black Panther. Oh, I do too, but <laughs> this one makes me think more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that one made me feel. This is a sci-fi sanctuary. Our genre is sci-fi. I can't talk today. I'm, this is like the only time I've ever been like hardcore sober for a recording session, too. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you everything you need to know about that. <laughs> um, it's a sci-fi sanctuary. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this, I found the grail. <laughs> this is a sci-fi, but it's also black exploitation, which is a genre of movie I love. Another reason I love this movie. Um, and black exploitation movies are typically not so good about women. <laughs> yes. Um, Pam Greer, Coffee, Foxy Brown. That's cool. There are there. She almost makes up for it. If you watch, if you feel bad about how um, women are ex uh, shown in black exploitation, including this one, just go watch Coffee. You'll be good. <laughs> okay, sorry, but black exploitation is um, you know like black money, making black movies, doing it without censorship. Uh, I think this is one of the few sci-fi ones. Mm. Uh, when you're on no budget, doing a sci-fi isn't always the best idea. It is here, though. <laughs> well, because most of the, like, there's only like two or three shots of very sci-fi stuff happening, and then it's all just discussions of the philosophy, right? It's so the tricked spaceship. out, though. It keeps counting as sci-fi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, uh, some of the best sci-fi you barely see, like, any stuff going on, right? Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, you just have the spaceship land, spaceship takes off. That's about it. A couple scenes around the spaceship, but yeah, for the most part. Earth blows up, glowing, those, that orb stuff in his garden. Oh, see, I, I told you, I've been, I've been there in my dream, man. In my dream, it was actually just amorphous floating blobs. Okay. And Sunrise Garden is actually like, like lawn ornaments, but. Yeah, it's like some sort of like squid thing. <laughs> and I should note that this dream in me, it was nowhere near a screening of this movie, so. It's okay. just, so when was I, it after you'd seen the movie then? It was after I'd seen the movie, okay. so that connection could be there, but. So somehow it's in your subconscious. It was, I, I, I think now it might be the first time since that dream. I was like, wait, wait, I feel like I've been here, man. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, some other black exploitations. You don't. You're not familiar with this genre. I believe. I've watched like Shaft. Shaft is the best known, but it's like it's not the, the best. Not by really. Um, I, I feel like I've watched one or two others, but yeah, I'm not overly familiar. The old Shaft. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I've watched the new one as well, but yeah, the old Shaft. I will support that one, probably being the best black exploitation theme song, except for um, no Superfly. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's Curtis Mayfield. I have to give Curtis props. I feel props. like I've only seen sort of post black exploitation sort of. Like Black Dynamite. Yeah, that sort okay. of thing. Okay, Black Dynamite, that's the second best known, I'd say. Shaft isn't really that good a movie. I mean, mm. Richard Roundtree's great, but it's not that great a movie. Uh, black Dynamite, 
I, I brought that up when we did Galaxy Quest. For right. me, that is the satire that also simply becomes one of that genre. Right. It's good enough that I will call that a blaxploitation. Uh, but if you do watch this one and you want kind of this funky vibe, uh, if you want your blaxploitation comedy, uh, Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore, yeah. I think they just... I think Eddie Murphy just did a biopic, which I haven't seen, because I just like Dolomite movies, man. Yeah, I've, I've heard of them. I've not seen them. Okay, that's a good one. Um, there's Isaac Hayes and Chuck Turner, because Isaac Hayes did the Shaft theme, so they're like, oh, he should star in one, and he can act, but Chuck <laughs> Turner's fantastic. Um, and uh, there's another one on the tip of my brain. Oh, black um, black exploitation horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackula. Blackula. That's yeah. the one I'm aware of. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I think there's a Blackenstein too, but uh, yeah, Blackula. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I have to shout Blackula a few times because of recurring guest Andrew will be angry if I don't go Blackula. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving along, but yeah, this 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 movie. Is sci-fi, but I'd say it's it's a pretty so, it's not a well-known um, example of black exploitation, but I'd say this is one of the better ones I've seen. So, when I hear black exploitation, obviously it's got the word exploitation in it, but this film doesn't feel like like who's being exploited? They're trying to. Ex I think it's you know like. It was, you get like Sidney Poitier in like a lead role in the 60s, and that's it. You know, Nichelle Nichols was on Star Trek. She didn't get to say much, but at least she was there. Oh, yeah, she like famously, Martin Luther King begged her to stay on the show, right? Exactly. <laughs> so the idea is Hollywood is just like not really using black people. Okay. They're just exploiting them. So black exploitation, we're going to exploit ourselves. Right, okay, okay. So it is, it is supposed to be I an empowerment. I if the, the term had come about because it was like white producers saying, Oh, let's make a film with a black cop because it's sexy or whatever. But no, that's not the case. No, they're like we're tired okay, of. Okay, yeah, like you know, we're tired of being exploited. Let's so we're gonna do it. Our, our if we're gonna be yeah, exploited. Yeah. We're gonna do it ourselves. Yeah, I mean, of course, take back the means of production. Hmm. I said, yeah, of course, take back the means of production. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I mean, the movement really only takes up the first half of the '70s. So I guess they got re-exploited somewhere down the line. Yeah. I mean, you got you got a guy in a suit with a wad of cash in his uh, hand. I mean, let's face it, for anyone, it's kind of hard to say no. <laughs> Especially if it seems like an artistic pursuit. Like, we want you to make this movie, and then, it's, you know, whatever you were trying to do in the first oh, place just gets um, ground down until you're making uh, Black Panther. The interesting point I've heard people bring up a lot recently is that sort of the left, the progressive, has won the culture war, but it hasn't changed the world. So, like, gay marriage... Black, black people, interracial marriage, all of that stuff, fine, it's accepted. But old white right-wing guys are still actually running the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're getting worse at it. Something yeah. to think about, um, you know, like back in the day of your Cheney and Rumsfeld, especially Kissinger, man, those guys are evil. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. You know, the, the, the power established and well, now has trouble pulling the wool over your it eyes. It used to be that you could only, these evil guys could only get elected if they, you know, kept it under wraps. But now you can say the quiet part loud and still get elected. I'm so there's nothing stopping an imbecile being president. <laughs> I'm pretty sure America was, quote, supposed to go to war with Iran last year. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no yeah. one bought that shit. Right. <laughs> because... People are, you know, they're a little smarter to it, I hope. We'll see. But <laughs> well, and, um, it's after the end of the world, man. Don't you know that yet? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in the UK, like, the, the trick is that you play the bumbling idiot so that 
no one can take it seriously when you do something horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's Bojo's whole shtick. By the way, the seven Sunra albums I sent your way is probably like 10% of the Sunrock. Yeah, 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 I got that impression of what you were saying. <laughs> it is some of his better albums, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you want to get into music, um, uh, if you want to hear Insanity Jazz Atlantis, if you want to hear Big Band Interstellar Lowways, if you want to hear crazy rapping, not real rapping, but Nuclear War is a good one. And, I enjoyed uh, Nuclear War. And Space is the Place, the album, not the soundtrack, is probably my one of my favorites. So just to throw out, if you do want to hear this man's music, uh, I support it, and there are a few album titles you might look for. <laughs> the orchestra is still running, by the way. It was a few years ago. Hmm. Like, after he went back to Saturn in 1994, the... Um, some of those guys that already look kind of old in uh, the 70s did keep it going for at least 10 or 20 years after. And uh, there might be some youngins keeping it going now. I don't know. So, I hope so. Yeah. I, 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 I know that the orchestra is still running around at least five years ago. And I, I, well, no one's playing during the pandemic time. But uh, I do hope in other times they are still uh, running. Well, maybe if you can't physically go to a concert, you could transportate yourself there with music. Yeah, I love that music just literally transports them into like some surreal plastic thing at the end <laughs> that goes through the Moog room. <laughs> Use that set, man. Do isotope teleportation or molecular teleportation or maybe I'll just transport you there with music. Yeah. I love it. In the year 2040, this is on TV and then Black Panther is on TV. Which one held up better? Neither of them holds up because racism's finished now, man. Oh, right. Barack Obama was president and now racism doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry while I was still doing gruff voice, I meant to say humanity somehow did not eat itself in that <laughs> year. But uh, I, I see why you don't want to go on too long rants in that voice now. Yeah, it's fucking difficult, right? <laughs> but, Christian I mean, Bale, man, I got a lot of props for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> in 20 years? He even does though. it when Catwoman's not there and no one's listening. What do you, in 2040, I mean, yeah, just looking I, down the line, which one does hold up I better? do, right, so what you were saying, I think, is true. The thing with Black Panther, their solution, so to speak, is, oh, there's this African nation full of super science that can help, right? <laughs> Whereas the whole point of this film is that the solution actually is just a mental change. It's spiritual, it's changing the culture, right? It's, it's similar to... This is pretty uh, crass, but when we talked about Star Wars, episode 8 and episode 9, episode 9 ended with, and the problem is solved. Wait. Episode 8 ended with, go out and solve the problem. <laughs> right? And I feel like at the end of Black Panther, like, you know, Killmonger had, Killmonger did actually have point, right? Which is what he was saying. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no, no, he's been defeated, and now we're going to solve it <laughs> the polite, sensible way. <laughs> So don't worry. <laughs> or if this film ends with like, yeah, the solution is changing your mind. It's changing your, well, it's music and transporting yourself that way. So change your, how you're thinking. And we've said there are good jokes in this movie. The world blowing up at the end's the best joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, it's not to be taken particularly seriously. The seriousness was before that where people began to reclaim their power. Yeah. So why uh, blow up the earth? Why not? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's almost like 
cliche that that would be like the dumbest possible ending you could have in that movie. How, how long was there between Beneath the Planet of the Apes and this film? About two or three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. feel like this was in their minds when they... I hope. So. That, was, that was kind of a joke too, I think. I mean, I think the filmmakers actually consider that... No, because... Travis no, because that ends with like a, a like little like voiceover that's trying to make it sound super serious. <laughs> no, I, 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 we'll talk about that film in great detail at some point, but I do remember hearing that the, Charlton Heston's in it a little bit, right? Mm. He would not come back. He was like, he basically said, I'll come back if you end the world. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, we're ending the world, dude. Come on back. <laughs> I think he even does. Does he do the voiceover? He, he might do that bit I think, Yeah. Though. It's like, sit down. You, you, you made this happen. Now you... You do the voiceover. Anyway, I do. I, I'm glad. I, like somewhere in the galaxy, a tiny little light goes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have brought him back to do this too, especially him being Charlton Heston. God damn. <laughs> he could have played those massive fuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like twin Charlton Hestons. Oh, um, this movie does work now unintentionally because, man, he, he feels like Agent Smith. Yeah. <laughs> they were like... You mentioned in your notes that black exploitation films are good at this, but I really fucking hated those bad guys. Oh, black exploitation. Think like, about it. Like these two fucking dweebuses who come into a brothel, can't get it up, and then beat up the woman. <laughs> then they like try and kidnap this black scientist so that they can steal his tech. Well, I feel like they should have gotten more come up. Yeah, really. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were on an exploding world. That's right. Yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, I forgot. They did. They got exploded. No, I still agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, got... I wanted to see them personally get pummeled, but, it, you know. He's not that kind of hero, so I'm not right. Dolomite also has some fantastic, and, and that's why Black Dynamite has such good well, even whitey bastards. You say it's not the best film, but like, um, the Samuel Jackson Shaft. It's Christian Bale, actually, is the bad guy in that one. I, like, I, yeah, he's so, a real piece of shit, and then you want to see Shaft. As, well, that works. No, I, haven't, I, I was actually saying the original Shaft isn't actually that great. Oh, okay. I haven't even seen Samuel Jackson Shaft. They did one a couple years back. They made it's three generations of Shaft. Yeah, and, and that was a sequel, because I, I think they did Shaft yeah, the Goes Samuel to Africa. Jackson one, he is actually, like, the nephew of the original Shaft. Oh, the original okay. Shaft is in it. Okay, sorry, I've only seen the original Shaft. Because, okay. because I think it's an overrated... Um, yeah, well, I just like Samuel J and everything. Superfly is also overrated. The movie, the soundtrack is the bomb, but the movie itself isn't that great. So, um, yeah, I, I already went through my list of black exploitation that I would recommend on my own anyway. Um... So this film, it lives outside of time. It lives on other planes of the air. So I've said that four times during this podcast because that's one of my other favorite Sunra albums. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I do think this film holds up very well. Okay. It, as, not only has it like, got interesting philosophies, it is just watchable and entertaining. Yeah. And Dino State's Welcome is like an hour and 20 minutes. Mm. So if you haven't seen your listeners, have a, have a look. It's worth so it. It's all available on YouTube. So. Oh, yeah, you can watch a real nice cut of it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no excuse not to watch it. Um, but if uh, people do want to get in touch with us, especially if you are Sun Ra from Saturn or a member of his band, uh, you can get us at... We're on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. And, you know, leave an iTunes review. Give us five stars, all of that shit. Luke loves PKMN. Yes. Twitter, at Luke right. PKM. Um, go to that podcast, find my episode on Jinx. Because I knew in advance that that one was going to be racially touchy and actually did get um, a person of colour on who also, she is, I believe, doing a PhD or maybe just a master's in uh, Afrofuturism. 
Yeah, or get back to us next week, too. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be Detective Pikachu, so we will have a special guest, which is Luke. And I'm assuming that your music this week is going to sort of lean into some, some raw vibes. Yeah, of course. So yeah, if you want to hear more of Matt's music, as well as Mr. Sunrise, then you can go to rovingstagemedia.bandcamp.com. Man, I have heart flyers, man. I can't, I, if I put me, it's like I'm comparing myself to Ra's music, man. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put something groovy there. I'm pretty sure Matt's from Saturn too. <laughs> I'm just thinking if that's where I want to be from right now. Orc. How about Orc? What is Orc? Mork from Orc. Okay. Mork and Mindy. <laughs> Robin Williams. <laughs> I, I, I just assumed you would name a real planet. <laughs> Orc's a real planet in my mind, man, just like Sunrise Planet. Okay. <laughs> Sunrise Sunra doesn't mean Saturn, that thing up in the sky. Sunra means his Saturn. Okay. I mean, it's got trees and stuff on it, you know? Well, yeah, Saturn's a freaking gas giant. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you can, I don't know. What, what, we're working out new end phrases. I think you should listen to some music right now and transportate yourself out of our sci-fi sanctuary.